Hello, my name is Andrew Young. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've had that addictive personality, whether it was reading Goosebumps books or playing baseball. Uh, really, I guess, with substance addiction. We moved halfway through high school from North Carolina up to Guymon, Oklahoma, and you know, fell in love. Uh, thought, thought it was gonna be the start of my new life. Uh, ended up some bad things happened. Uh, to deal with that pain, I decided to numb the pain instead of facing it and actually healing and moving forward. I was very, the circumstances got me very angry uh, on what happened. And so I decided to you know, hide that, mask it with drinking and smoking pot. And even going to college, I never really healed and continued to to put my my faith not in the Lord, but in in myself, thinking that I could just handle it, that I could. I didn't have a problem, you know. And before I knew it, I was a full-fledged addict, and I was able to hide this from a lot of people, uh, almost everyone. Um, and the one constant for me was that I would drink and smoke pot all the time. I mean, literally wake up and before I showered, I'd smoke. You know? uh, I'd go to bed with a beer on my nightstand you know, after 10 or 11. Um, I think back, never having that hope that it would get better because I just thought this was as good as it gets. Never finished college, but it was a goal of mine. So around the age of 30, I was working full time, going to college, <clears throat> still drinking all the time, smoking. Uh, addiction has caused me to be in, been in jail. I've been in jail six times. And all because of either drunk, pot, or one time uh, when I was doing some cocaine, I, I messed up and uh, used a, a company credit card for something over 500 bucks, and it caused me to to really pay the piper. I've, I've went back and you know, reparations, pay back everything for those things. Um, but it's shameful, you know, to know that uh, you're not yourself when you're an, an addict. And continuing drinking, I, I met my daughter's mom in, uh, in a bar and we were dating and we'd have some pretty nasty arguments while we were drinking and um, kind of where it all changed. She got pregnant when we were kind of split up and then didn't want to marry me. That was just kind of the final straw for me. It just hurt so bad. I just, I was tired of being in pain all the time. I'd given up on hope and faith and love. And uh, honestly, about that time, my dad had asked Pastor Rick and Pastor Rowan to, to visit with me. Because I tried AA, I tried all these classes, and honestly, I started getting my hope back, you know, when I got to hold my little girl. I, I don't know, it's, it's just funny that God gave us Jesus, His Son, so that we could be forgiven. And it started making sense as I became a father and, you know, understood what it must have been like to have to give your son. I can't thank Roman and Roman especially enough, and, and I have a good friend, Ed Smith, and 
that's really helped me. That's, that's shown me uh, what, what life can be. You can, you can come back. You can be forgiven. We are already forgiven. I just didn't want to accept it. I still have a long ways to go. And every day is, is a battle to be hopeful, to have faith, you know, to, to not slip back in, into the, to the wicked bad ways. Just know that AA does work, NA does work for people, but what worked for me was a close group of friends and family and God that, that held me accountable, that called me, that checked on me, that wanted to see me succeed. What a great testimony of, of hope and, and healing. Thanks, Andrew, for sharing with us this morning. Appreciate it. Uh, our scripture from Romans chapter 15 is one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, I, I love this scripture, specifically verse 13. This is a word from the apostle uh, Paul to the church in Rome. And these words, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it together. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you in need of hope this morning? I want to invite you to receive the hope in God today. There is incredible power in this in this scripture. In fact, I've seen this scripture uh, transform people's lives, uh, even in my own family. Uh, the power of the Word of God, it's, it's so amazing. Uh, in fact, I'm going to pray for us this morning. God, we are indeed in need of your hope. Remind us again that you have invited us into a life of hope. We are not a people who live in despair. And during this season of Advent, Lord, help us to be a people who offer your hope to the world. Amen. Uh, I remember the day that Andrew came to church uh, that Sunday morning, and uh, God immediately began to speak to my spirit that something was wrong, and uh, that there was a spirit of despair uh, and dread in Andrew. And now this wasn't the first time uh, Andrew had come to, to church. He's his family, they go to the first service, and uh, I'd seen him several times with his family, but, but this day was different. Uh, this morning, when Andrew showed up, was different. God spoke to me uh, pretty much immediately, uh, and thankfully, I, I listened uh, to God. In fact, I was a little hesitant. I don't know if you've ever felt like God was speaking to you, uh, and, and I, I wasn't sure if that was really God or not, but I, I wanted to make sure, so I went up after the service. I went to Andrew's uh, dad, Joe, and I said, hey, Joe, is, is your son doing okay? Is everything all right with him? And he said, no, he's not. He's not doing well at all. And so I got Andrew's cell phone number, and I, and I texted him later that next morning and said I wanted to meet up with him if I could and, and maybe have lunch or go to coffee. And so I'll never forget that meeting we had that week. It, and it, it was one of those meetings that had the finger of God on it. And I don't know if you've been in a situation like that before. It was January 7th, 2015. Sometimes you just know that everything you're saying is being directed by God. And for those moments, you're very thankful because you want God involved. See, God had tapped me on the shoulder that Sunday 
and allowed me to be a part of a rescue plan that he had been orchestrating for Andrew. And it was just cool that I got to be a part of it. That, that's the cool part. And, and, and sometimes I don't think we hear that. I don't, I don't think we understand the impact and the power and, and the purpose that God has. And that, you see, because God had been inviting Andrew to hope again. And he had been orchestrating a rescue plan behind the scenes that none of us were aware of. And I think that is amazing. I know his mom was definitely praying for him. uh, But there had been all kinds of work going on in the spiritual realm that we are unaware of. I I want us to, to know that. God is active. God is moving in everyone's lives. Sometimes we won't listen. But if we will listen, it is amazing how God can move. But on that Sunday, God began to reveal a part of his plan to the church and specifically to me. Now, I wasn't even aware of what was going on in Andrew's life. And see, this is the other thing about God is God is aware. And God will help us be aware as well. I just knew that God was moving and he wanted me to obey. And he wanted me to follow up with Andrew. So I had a small part. It was just a small part, but it was a necessary part. Uh, and I was then able to pass the baton off to, to Roman and to Ed Smith, in fact, and uh, as they played the next critical part of God's rescue plan. This is why the church is so important. We are called to be a people that offer hope. All of us. That, that, that reminds each other that it doesn't matter where we've been, but it does matter where God is leading us, where God is taking us. And during this season of Advent, we are reminded again that God is inviting us to hope, uh, to hope in him. He has chosen us. We are his people. We are a chosen people of God. God desires for us to live in hope. Amen? Amen. See, But here's the thing about God. God has been orchestrating his rescue plan since the beginning of time. After Adam and Eve fell in the garden, his rescue plan was initiated. And I want to be a part of a life-saving station for God. If you were here last week, we talked about how that is who we are as the church. We are a life-saving station. And I want to be a part of God's rescue plan. God has called the church to this calling, to invite people to hope in God again. And the Apostle Paul is reminding the church of this great God that we serve. In fact, our scripture reading from Romans is a summary of the whole book of Romans. This is a great passage. This is a summary statement here towards the end of the Romans where, God, uh, where Paul is, is kind of reminding the readers uh, of his purpose. And this key, he's wrapping up a key theme that Paul wants us to understand, that, that God's rescue plan is being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That God sent Jesus to the Jews so that the Gentiles, that's you and me, we're Gentiles, we're everyone else, might also be able to join with them in praising God. That was this theme and this purpose. That God had made a covenant with the Jews, and he is fulfilling this covenant and including us as well in that covenant. And both Jews and Gentiles, in fact, the entire world, should place, should place their hope in Jesus Christ. 
as together we praise God by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the good news for us today. We serve a God of hope. And Paul in his letters, uh, he's quoting from three Old Testament scriptures. And, and again, I, I say it often. And in fact, here in a minute, Roman's going to talk to you about our Bible reading plan that we have for 2017. But it's so important for us to know his word and to, and to dive into all of it. Because all of this word, this is, this is the story of God's rescue plan for us in Christ. And Paul is, is when he's speaking here in Romans 15, he, he's taking some scriptures from the Old Testament and reminding us of who we have. This, this, these scriptures, that argument that we should all be praising God, that we are all included in his kingdom. And I want us to briefly look at these. First, in verse 9 of chapter 15 of Romans, we read a quote, actually, from Psalm 1849. It says this, As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. That's from Psalm 18. And then Paul goes on in verse 10, which is a quote from Deuteronomy 32:43, And he says, And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And then another quote from Psalm 117. And again, praise the Lord, all of you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And finally, Paul quotes a passage from Isaiah 11. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, and the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. So let me summarize. Paul starts this in, in verse 7 by saying, Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And he's specifically talking about the Jews and, the, and Christians being one community under the lordship of Christ. And he's also speaking about the transformation that happens when we receive the gospel of Christ. So he starts out by saying, welcome everyone. And see, that's, that's important for us to understand is that God is inviting all of us to hope in him. So here's the, the key theme to understanding this passage this is Paul's theme. The gospel of Jesus Christ is transforming individually, individuals and forming a new community. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is transforming us and forming a new community, the church. The whole book of Romans is speaking to these two themes. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about our transformation and we as transformed people who form the church that goes out to help transform others, that invite to hope. And we have to remember both of these. The gospel message is about God's work in Jesus Christ. The truth is that all of us have been separated from God because of our sin. That we have become estranged to God, but this has been overcome by our faith in Jesus Christ, who offers us hope and offers us reconciliation to God. This good news, this gospel, transform people, transforms people confronts us in our sin and offers us hope in Christ. But it also seeks to take these transformed people and invite them into a community that reflects the kingdom of God. This passage from Romans gives us such a grand vision of the kingdom of God. And hopefully it can lift us beyond our small vision of church to the grand vision of Christ. For the church, this overarching vision for the kingdom. We can get bogged down in the details of life or in church and, and the everyday life in church and, and get bogged down by problems or petty arguments, and we forget that Paul wants us to have eyes that see like Jesus sees, that we should have kingdom 
vision. And, and this is a, a big piece of it. This is a key thing, that we are a part of a larger plan of God. We are a part of a larger plan of God. And Advent reminds us of this. Advent is reminding us of this plan of God called Christmas. This plan of God to save us, this rescue plan. And we are a part. You see, that Sunday morning when Andrew showed up, I was part of a bigger plan than just preaching that morning. I didn't know it, but God had a plan. And that Sunday morning, Ed Smith, Ed uh, runs our sound in our first service. Uh, Ed also was part of that plan. He thought he might just be running sound that morning. God had other plans in mind. See, we are a part of a larger plan of God. The question is, are we going to listen and be aware of how God is moving amongst us? Because God is always moving. And second, this passage reminds us that God calls everyone. God's love is for all of us. He does not want to exclude any of us. Do you hear that? All of us are invited to hope. As I said before, it doesn't matter where you've been, but God is definitely concerned about where you are going. We should offer God's hope to all people. Here's the thing. God calls everyone. Remember, we talked about this in this last sermon series about how we are all called. We are called to, to invite people to come and see. Whose job is it to save? That's God's job. That's not our job. We just make the invitation. It's up to others to hear and to want to be saved. It's their part and God's part. And third, God desires unity in the church. These Jewish and Gentile Christians that Paul is speaking to are to be unified in their desire for the kingdom. We might sing different songs, we might dress differently, we might say different creeds, but we are all a part of God's kingdom plan and God's rescue plan that God has for all of his creation. That's why, you know, we talk about it, I talk about it often, that, that the church in Canyon is made up of multiple churches, including the Methodist church and the Baptist church and the First Christian, the Episcopal and Hillside and Summit and Cowboy churches. All of us are a part of the same team, the same rescue plan. God desires unity. We might meet in different places, but we are all a part of God's kingdom calling. We serve a God of hope, a God that transforms individuals, people like me, people like Andrew, but also invites these transformed people into a transforming community of faith that reflects the kingdom of God, that reflects God's hope. And the church in Rome needed to be reminded of this. And this is why Paul is writing to the Romans. So as I said earlier, Paul takes these Old Testament passages again to remind them of who they are and the hope they have in Christ. No matter how dark the days may be, there is hope. No matter how much we've blown it, there is hope. No matter what's going on around them in the world, there is hope. No matter how crazy things seem, there is always hope. Sometimes we don't believe it, but, but I want us to look again at the Isaiah quote, because for me, this is one of the most uh, fascinating, amazing quotes of Scripture. This prophecy from Isaiah 11, uh, and, and Paul says a piece of it. He says this, the root of Jesse shall come. 
the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. Again, for some of you, that might not mean a thing, but, but we have to understand, again, this is, this is Old Testament prophecy in the book of Isaiah, and, and it's talking about this prophecy, the root of Jesse. What is the root of Jesse? Well, Jesse is the father of King David, the, the great king of Israel. And so he's saying from this root of Jesse, there will be one who will rise to rule it doesn't say the Gentile, I mean the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. And so we have to understand prophecy a little bit. The, Isaiah is a prophet in the Old Testament. Isaiah is living before Israel falls, before they are exiled to Babylon. And Isaiah is speaking a prophecy from God. And we have in Isaiah 6 this great vision where Isaiah goes into the temple and, and he sees God and he is cleansed. He is made whole by this coal that is placed on his lips and and, and, and God tells him, I need you to speak a message for me. You know what the message is? Go and tell the Israelites that I'm going to completely destroy them. That's a message of hope, isn't it? Wow. That's a tough message. Yeah, go tell the Israelites I'm going to destroy them. In fact, he says this. Imagine that Israel is a tree, and I'm going to cut it down. And all that's left is the stump. How much hope do you have in a stump? There's not much. It is about to be Israel's darkest days. And, and Isaiah is reminding Israel, dark days are coming. Because dark days always come, don't they, in life. He says dark days will come. But then jump forward to Isaiah 11. And he says this. You remember that stump that's going to be completely destroyed? Out of that, a root, a branch. From Jesse will come. Even when you thought there was going to be no hope, there is hope. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. What seemed to be no hope is now hope. And in fact, the prophecy begins to speak even more of this kingdom that is to come. A kingdom characterized by hope, by love, by joy and peace. A kingdom yet to come. A, a prophecy of, of God actually working in the darkest of days. A, a prophecy of how God is orchestrating a rescue plan in the middle of a drunken stupor. God is beginning to rescue. And it says this. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. When Christ returns, he will usher in a new kingdom. Actually, we are a part of that kingdom. We, we live in a time where the, the kingdom has been uh, started in Christ. And it will be fulfilled in his coming back. A, a new heaven, a new earth will be established. Creation will be restored to its original glory before we destroyed it. That's what Advent does. It reminds us of our future. 
It reminds us that although we live in a world torn apart by sin, there will come a day, it is certain, when all will be made right. We have been invited to that hope. Let us pray.